Yeah, do you feel that? You know what that is? That's the feeling of draft week, ladies and gentlemen. It is most leagues draft week, and we are just we're fired up to bring you our mock draft. It's the 25th. This is the week. We're going in. We got a mock draft today. We're going to kind of break down what happened to us in this mock, who fell to us, uh, what players we kind of reached on, what players we regret taking, just kind of break down what went down with us. We also had two other players in there and kind of break down their rosters at the end. But, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get the information out. So the way we did this, uh, I was 7th, Hunter was 8th, and two of our buddies, Addison and Michael, shout out, were ninth and 10th. So we're going to go through this pick by pick. Who was on the board? Who do we want? And at the end, we'll talk about how would anything have changed if we were at the front or middle of the draft. So without further ado, I'll go ahead with my first pick. At number seven overall, the top six went McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Zeke, Kamara, and Nick Chubb. And those are actually my top six in order, so I was already a little bit frantic. And at number seven, I was staring at Aaron Jones, Saquon, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, but I went with Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, and I just think his workload is so safe, and he's a good enough player. I just, I know that he won't lose me my league, and I felt comfortable at seven going with Jonathan Taylor, so how, how do you feel about that pick? I like that pick. Um, I, I'm a little, I don't like that max back and, and full gear, but I Jonathan Taylor's so good that that shouldn't really matter. You know, and it, if anything, it'll be like a Nick Chubb situation where he still will dominate and maybe, you know, Mack will eat a little bit. But I, I like that pick a lot. I I would have taken Aaron Jones right there, but I, I totally get why you took him right That's there. That's what the serious considerations for me at that spot was Aaron Jones, Saquon, and Tyreek. And I was probably the closest between Saquon just because the upside of the player excites yeah. me. But I went Jonathan Taylor, and I just felt like I locked down my RB1 spot at number seven. Yeah, I'm actually kind of low on Saquon right now because of the camp strings. He hasn't been doing too much. He and, did worry me at seven. Yeah, so I mean, I get that. The the I mean, the ceiling is top three. It is. So that's, I mean, I get why you did that. But at number eight, I was pretty glad he took Jonathan Taylor because I didn't know what I was going to do if Aaron Jones was there. So I took Aaron Jones. Um, I really like Aaron Jones this year. Uh, Jamal Williams is gone. The backup is A.J. Dillon, who is a monster in himself, but he does the exact same things that Aaron Jones does. So I think Aaron Jones might have a little more passing game uh, this year, and he probably should have around the same touch count, uh, 18 to 20 every game. Uh, They normally don't go over that unless he's just absolutely eating like he does sometimes. Uh, So there will be still work for Dillon, but I'm not scared of that because I think this is a super big revenge year for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be in the red zone a lot, and I, I like Aaron Jones at like that 8, 9, 10 turn. If you can get him there, get him. I like that a lot. And there's no more questions about Aaron Rodgers coming back. It's all set in stone, so Aaron Jones should be a lock for a top 8 running back. Yeah, definitely. Who was in consideration there? Who, I, who are you really talking between? I Devontae Adams and Saquon, but I just couldn't do – I don't like what's – and it's just preseason, but you got to have the pulse on everything that's going on. I don't like what's coming out of the Giants right now. I just – nothing's too positive. He's not even on the field right now. Uh, you know, the quarterback hasn't even progressed really, so I, I, don't, I didn't like that at all. Devontae Adams was a serious consideration, but again – I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to feed him as much as he fed. I mean, last year was historic. I mean, that was like a Michael Thomas, just crazy year. He didn't even play all the games and had, like, an insane season. So, I don't know. There's more mouths to feed this year. I think Tunyon is going to still be a big factor. 
Obviously, Lazard playing a full year, not getting an abdominal. I just think that some of those two touchdown games, three touchdown games will be, you know, just one. So I went with the, the running back because they, they dry out quick. So we both locked down our running backs. That's usually where you want to go in the first round unless there's a wide receiver or Travis Kelsey who just stands out to you and you're eyeing a guy at the turn. So in between our picks, Pudge went ahead, Addison picked Tyreek and Saquon Barkley, got one of each, a badass receiver and a good running back. And then Michael went ahead, he kind of went interesting, and he went Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams. So he bypassed running back first, and we'll touch later on how we feel about that, Mm -hmm. how his team looked. When you came back on the clock, what did you do in the second round? Man, so Tyreek just went, and if Tyreek had fell, fall to me, uh, fell to me, I would 100% take him. Um, super big Tyreek guy, just the upside, the ceiling is just, we d- we still don't know the ceiling, because Tyreek had like downfall games last year, but we're not going to touch on that. So my I, I was between Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs, and DeAndre Hopkins, because Najee Harris was there, and Joe Mixon were there, and I like those players, and, I, and I'm sure they will be RB1s, but I wanted to go out and get an elite, elite receiver, because... The first or four rounds are kind of running backs that I like this year. So I went ahead and took my guy. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a great season. Stefan Diggs is going to have an amazing season too, but I'm super high on Calvin Ridley this year. So I went and I nabbed Calvin Ridley. Um, if you have a guy and you like him and, you know, there's other guys there, get your guy. You're going to regret if you don't get your guy and he goes off. Like, it might bite you in the ass, but, I mean, don't listen to everybody. If you have a gut feeling on somebody and you know that they're good, go ahead and get them. That's something I've done more and more in recent years and stop going off who I think is probable for the best and just the one that I have the inkling about yeah. because he's not going to make it back to you. And like you said, if it works out, then you just feel verified. If they don't, it hurts you. It hurts you a lot. Yeah, it does. So I came up right after you, and that made my pick pretty easy. So right. I went with Stephon Diggs. The volume is just too safe. It's too safe unless he gets injured, but that could happen to anybody. So I think he's really safe. I do like Ridley. I probably still would have gone digs by hair, but I was looking at the same three as you. For the running backs there, Najee Harris and Eckler and Gibson, I liked them. I locked up my running back in round one. So, yeah, give me that's generally what I like to do, one and one. Elite receiver, elite running back. So I went with Stephon Diggs. So... Right into the next round. The next pick would be me because I was seventh. So coming back to me, I ended up choosing Patrick Mahomes. And this one was tough. I usually don't go for the quarterback super early, but late third round for me, Mahomes has league winning upside. We saw what he did two years ago when he played all games. And I just I could see a world where he throws 55 touchdowns and runs for five more in the 17-game schedule. Yeah. So the other people on the board were DK Metcalf and Allen Robinson. I wasn't thrilled about the running backs at the turn, Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson. I I just, I wasn't going to reach there. I felt like the value fell to either DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, or Patrick Mahomes. And I went for Mahomes, assuming I could get one of those two at the comeback. It did not happen, but I still liked that I got the best quarterback overall in round three. Yeah, and I had to go with the value there, which was Metcalf. I I wanted to do Dobbins. I was hoping Montgomery would follow me. He got taken uh, 24th overall. This was a 10-man league that we ran. <clears throat> and I just couldn't I couldn't get Carson or, or Dobbins locked into my head. I was just, they're going to have great seasons, but I wanted an, something elite there. 
and Metcalf is top eight wide receiver in my opinion could have a top three season if Russell Wilson doesn't do a half season like he always does um but yeah um unlimited but yeah so I went with Metcalf there uh in hopes that I could get another running back on the turn I really was hoping Dobbins would fall or Swift that didn't happen Swift was taken right after Dobbins Dobbins was 30th overall so went after me our Pudge took 29th, Carson, Michael 30th, J.K. Dobbins, and then the flip, Michael, DeAndre Swift, and Pudge, Allen Robinson. So I was forced to take Daryl Henderson. And that was prior to the Sony Michelle news. I might have audible there, got something different. That's true. This was a few nights ago. We got to say yeah, that. that. This was, uh, yeah, a few nights ago. So that kind of would change my opinion, but... Right at that time, that's a good pick before the Sony Michelle trade. I like that a lot. I still like Daryl Henderson to lead the backfield, but yeah, he might be a bit rich at that spot now, knowing that. Yeah. So yeah, like we said, Michael got both of your running back targets, and that yeah. that's what happens. So you paid the price. You got DK, who's elite. I would have picked DK Metcalf if I didn't get Mahomes, but you're hoping one of your backs falls to you, and they don't. So, yeah. So you had to pivot, but you still get a solid RB two. Now your top two guys are locked in. So I followed you up on that pick, and I went with, because I was hoping for Allen Robinson or DK Metcalf to fall, I also probably would have gone Chris Carson if he were available. He wasn't, well, he was actually, he was at that point. But I opted for Mike Evans. That, that's for me, I think Mike Evans is mad undervalued. I like Chris Carson's there, that's why I was really thinking about going him. But for me, Mike Evans is just on a historic pace. I don't see why it slows down now. I know it's a crowded receiver core, but he is the safest one. And last year, even the games where he didn't have a lot of yards, he scored. He was basically yeah. like a running back at the goal line. They would just throw fades and that. So for me, it, it was tough to pass up on getting my second running back. I often don't like to go past round four without my second. I went with Mike Evans. And yeah, other people in consideration, Chris Carson. That was really it. I was just between, between Chris Carson and Mike Evans at that spot. I like Godwin. I like Evans a little more. So that's where I went. Yeah. Um, so going right into the next round, I think... It would be me again, right? Yeah. So every time we go through this, it's going to come back to me. So at the five hole, the player I went with was Adam Thielen. Nice. I like that. And so once again, I bypassed running back. And I was uncomfortable about it. But to me, Thielen is back in a top 16 role if he's healthy. I was looking at Josh Jacobs at that point. The running backs on the board were Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin. Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah, and I liked those guys, but I thought figured one of the three that I liked would be there in the comeback, and I figured Adam Thielen would not be. So I now have three wide receivers locked in. Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen. I'm thrilled with that. I have the best quarterback in the draft, Pat Mahomes. I only have Jonathan Taylor. That part's not ideal. But to the fir- through the first five picks, I'm pretty happy with who I've got. Yeah, and uh, we, our mocks, we don't have a flex. So we have three wide receiver slots. So when we draft three receivers in the first five rounds, that's why. Uh, we, we practice that. I know that right there, a lot of people would be targeting another running back. I just wanted to make that clear. If you are in a flex league, 100%, you know, don't, don't, normally don't go three 
unless you're full PPR and you really just want that that elite receiver stack, which could pay off. But again, normally you want to go running back. I just yes. want to make that so, clear. So I do want to say I kind of consider that for this draft because that's a standard. And for me, Thielen gets enough catches a game. Yeah. Or in a half-point PPR flex spot, I just liked him there over Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis, those kind of guys. Uh, definitely. So I was hoping that you would take Thielen because that's, that's who I wanted, and I, I needed a push to get, the, to get me to take this next player. I really like this player in the fifth round. If you kind of already have two running backs, you know, a couple receivers, I really like to sure up that, that tight end spot with TJ Hawkinson. I think he's going to take a tremendous leap this year. He has something around, I think the stats were 300 vacated targets this year from last season to this season, as in players that got that many targets are no longer on the team. Galladay and Marvin Jones, most of all. Yeah. Um, so he's he's had 100 targets last year in his breakout season, his second year. And we talk about it's the second year for the wide receivers, but it's still always the third year for the tight ends. They, they absolutely bust out. Like a like a milf at a bar, they just busty. They come through, but I, I love Hawkinson right here. He's gonna have at least 125 targets this year. They have nobody else on the team. Their best receiver is Brashad Perryman. I mean, he's gonna be a target vacuum this year. I mean, I don't know the touchdowns are necessarily. I don't. I'm not expecting double digit touchdowns, but I just think the the upside of getting a a tight end that's going to be that involved in the offense is going to pay off in the long run. And the reason I like that pick is because the opportunity matches the talent. TJ Hawkinson was taken top 10 overall, and he's looked great, and now there's so many targets. Uh, Probably about three weeks ago, I was talking with Michael about tight ends we like, don't like, and Hawkinson was one that slipped my mind, and when he brought him up, I was just kind of iffy on him, but then the more, as it gets closer, and I start putting in real research, the targets that are vacated from that offense, where's the ball going to go? They have nobody. They have nobody. And, 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 and I don't think a tight end somebody you can just, you know, lock out of the game plan. That, that doesn't work as well as a number one receiver. Yeah, and a lot of their receivers that are trying to transition into the wide receiver one, wide receiver two role this season have been banged up. They haven't been even able to practice. So, Hawkinson's been out there getting the rapport with uh, uh, Jared Goff. So, I... It's just he's gonna ha- he's gonna have a big season this year. There's no way around it. I think he's the last of the, the tight league, ends yeah. that I'm gonna take early. Yeah, definitely. If you know if Mark Andrews and Hawkinson are off the board after round five or six, I'm probably gonna wait until rounds ten, eleven, twelve to take a tight end. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I feel I like uh, yeah exactly. Mark Andrews is kind of that that goal line one where I'm not doing it anymore. Kyle Pitts is is iffy. He looks good, but there's no like super upbeat stuff from camp it's not like he's out there dominating or they're you know working him in so much so I'm kind of away from the Kyle Pitts hype uh, right at that spot so yeah that that would be the last one I really like to wait a couple rounds to get Robert Tunyon yeah see so Kyle Pitts you say it. I, I'm excited about him and I think everybody is but in rounds five and six when you, you know you just, when I tell myself I would take him prior to the draft I look at who's left elsewhere and I just don't make that move so he, he could win your league but going in the top six, five, six rounds for a rookie tight end is risky. But he's kind of in his own class. After the elites, he's before the unknowns. So I, I think that Kyle Pitts is really interesting. Wherever you feel like taking him, that's just one that, that I think it's, he's going to either be over, overproduce or underproduce. He's not going to be drafted where he should be. Yeah, no, definitely. So finishing out that round, 49th Gaskin, 50th Kyle Murray. So those are Pudge and then Michael, then it's a snake. So Michael comes around and grabs Mike Davis, 
Pudge grabs Amari Cooper, leaving me to choose from Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts is no longer on my radar. Just grab the tight end. There's Mark Andrews right there, but again, I went with my guy, TJ Hawkinson. So I went ahead and got Kareem Hunt. The Browns, there's no way the Browns get away from running the ball this much. If anything, they're going to run a little bit more because they just went to the playoffs and they were dominant. They almost beat the Chiefs. Like, they have the recipe to their success. So there's no way that, I mean, he might be have like 20 less touches this year, but he's still going to be RB2 status. He's the he's top three talent in the league right now as a backup running back. I mean, there's just it's hard to pass up Kareem Hunt knowing how good he is if you knew about him when he was an actual starter in the league. And so that, that kind of hurts me because <laughs> I was hoping, I was between Kareem Hunt and uh, Travis Etienne, which I will say, this was on Monday. This was before the news that Travis Etienne will miss the entire season. We'll talk about James Robinson later. But just so that just so that's not weird why we took Travis Etienne. Right. So after your pick of Kareem Hunt, it made it easy for me. I needed a running back, so my guys in consideration with Travis Etienne and Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, I love the upside. If he were to be the guy in, in San Fran, I just don't know that I thought at the time that Etienne was a pretty safe pick in Jacksonville, so I took him at number six. Now, we know that he's gonna miss a whole year. If James Robinson were there in the sixth round, I would have taken him instead as my RB2. He, we'll talk about him later. He probably sneaks in around four or five. Yeah. Honestly. I think he's kind of in the Daryl Henderson area now yeah. where he's he's going to be drafted as a solid RB2. This gives us more clarity in that backfield. We have to be happy for it. I'm not going to overdraft James Robinson in the first or second round, but he definitely takes a leap into the top 20 running backs. Yeah, and if you know the kind of production James Robinson had last year with like no offense, just knowing what the offense is going to be this year, I mean, you have to be kind of excited about that. Uh, that's a big step up. Because Etienne, you didn't know if he's going to translate right into the NFL. This is an actual draftable running back from the Jaguars right around that fourth, fifth, sixth round. If he's there in the sixth round, I'm 100% taking him. And this, fifth round, this is good for fantasy. Yeah, it really is. You hurt for Travis Etienne. He's got a bad foot injury, but this this helps for fantasy. Yeah, we're some savages. I mean, fuck all that shit. We love some fantasy. There's this another There's another guy with solid volume, so we'll probably talk about him in our next episode leading up to the draft, but I took Etienne at that spot to get my second running back locked down. So, coming back to me, I still had two running backs, and ETN was more of a ceiling pick than a floor pick for me. So at this point, I was kind of talking between T. Higgins, Robbie Anderson, Chase Edmonds, or Ronald Jones. I went with Ronald Jones because I know Fournette was the bigger contributor in the playoffs, but in the regular season, Rojo had some big games, and I think he's just an underrated athlete. So for me, Ronald Jones was a floor more so RB2, to follow up Travis Etienne. So now I've got three running backs, and I'm figuring Etienne or Ronald Jones will turn out, and then my my core will be fine. I, I like that, but I also am scared because Bruce Arian has came out and given the, the stash, Gio Bernard, uh, some camp love, said he's running really good. He's not just catching the ball, he's running the ball good, which kind of scares me. That's looking like, I don't know. I think Ronald Jones is, is, is the best right now. I think Linder Fournette's a little washed, and he just – came together with a good playoff run. Um, but, yeah, I like that a lot because that freed up me to take T. Higgins. I didn't know what I was going to do right there I was, if you took T. Higgins. Um, I was probably going to take Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, but um, 
Yeah, I love T. Higgins right there. People forget about how good he was, and Joe Burrow only played to, like, what, week five or six or something like that? Yeah, it was later than that, but was, still, T. Yeah. Higgins, you know, had big numbers at that point. Yeah, he finished with, like, 900 yards, uh, what was it, like, uh, six or seven touchdowns? I think so. So, that's that's insane, um, and he's one of those guys that he's just a mismatch. It's not like that was a fluke or anything, like, he's just a big freak. He's a mismatch. He's not DK Metcalf level athleticism, but he's up there. I mean, he's he's a mismatch. He's always going to be a mismatch. So I rounded out my receiver core with T. Higgins. I think he kind of surpassed uh, Tyler Boyd Definitely. last year. So now Jamar Chase is exciting, but T. Higgins, you know what you've got. I like the pick there. I was definitely considering him there, but I just I went with Ronald Jones just because I needed the running back. And evidently Jamar Chase has been kind of out of shape. Did he not take the season off last year for COVID? He did. He opted yeah. out for COVID. His, his latest preseason game, he was over three with three drops. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to put too much into exactly. it, but but I'm concerned. Yeah. And uh, I say that because I've been reading articles about like how he's out of shape and stuff like that from the Bengals camp that he's, he's running with the ones, but he really shouldn't be up there. Um, not that he's not going to be up there. He's a, top, a first round draft pick. He's going to be up there. They won a national championship, him and Burrow, so he's going to be up there. But really, I think T. Higgins is the wide receiver one right here, and that's kind of a snag, in my opinion, right there in the seventh. Yeah, if, if, if we can figure out who the Bengals' number one will be, that person's a stud. I do like Higgins there. So at that point, it came back to me, right, starting the, the next uh, group in round eight. So at, So at this point, I'm looking for value. And on the board, I see it's funny. I see James Robinson at the time. Etienne's not hurt. I don't want both Jaguars backs. Uh, we got Fournette, Melvin Gordon. Really, I don't see any receivers I like here very much. So I narrowed it down to Chase Edmonds or Javante Williams. I'm not sure if J- Chase Edmonds is the lead dog in Arizona. I-, I think he will be, but I think that's more of a split. I think Javante Williams, the rookie from UNC, overtakes Melvin Gordon pretty early. And I think he's a startable running back for Denver. So for me, for my RB4, I went out and got Javante Williams thinking he might take a few weeks to get up to speed, but I can risk that where I'm at. So now I've got one quarterback, three wide receivers, and four running backs, and, and I'm happy with that breakdown. Yeah, you. I would actually picked in front of you, but the, the picks in between us for Pudge and Michael, Pudge got Robert Tunyon, Michael got Roby Anderson, and then on the turn... Michael got Chase Claypool, and Pudge got Justin Herbert, and Raheem Mostert was just staring me right down there in the barrel. So I took Raheem Mostert. I love him later in the draft. I know that everyone's talking about Trey Sermons. They're talking about my name is Jeff. They're talking about Wayne Gallman. But Raheem Mostert is so explosive. I mean, he could just be still an electric RB2 in a, in a timeshare. Uh, even I, That's not what you want right there. You're hoping best-case scenario, but worst-case scenario, he gets 10 to 12 touches and still has RB2 weeks, which is which is plausible right there. So going into the next round, you had... So this is when I started off. So at this point, I'm, I pretty much have somebody everywhere except for tight end. There's nobody on the board I love. I think I can get my guy around two later. So now I'm looking for value. I see Tom Brady at quarterback. I'm not looking to take a second quarterback. Gus Edwards, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, DJ Chark, Antonio Brown, Debo Samuel. This is where it starts to get really preferential. There's no consensus on which of these guys in rounds 7 through 10 are going to turn out. But for me, I went ahead and went and got my fourth receiver, Debo Samuel from San Fran. That offense is going to be elite. 
We don't know who it's going to be between Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Raheem Mostert, or Trey Sermon. I just want a piece of it here. I'm looking for that upside. So I get Debo Samuel, who I love, in round nine as my fourth wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, so right here, 88th pick overall, I took Tom Brady. I love him right there. You don't know who is really going to break out in that offense, who's going to be the, the lead dog. they got so much talent. But you know who's going to benefit from all of that. That's Tom Brady. He's got just the most insane receiving core, probably known to man right now. So even if he regresses a little bit, I think the consistency will be better this year in the offense. So I don't think there will be kind of lull games. I mean, he before he broke out, he kind of had some bad games before he just started throwing five touchdowns almost every game, damn near. But I love Tom Brady right there in the ninth. That is just who I love. You either want Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady right there. And Aaron Rodgers had just got taken in the eighth. So I went ahead and got my guy in the ninth, which is Tom Brady. And then it comes out that Tom Brady last year had a pretty severe knee injury and still won the Super Bowl. So assuming Father Time doesn't catch him and he's fully healthy this year, it is very possible he throws for 45 touchdowns in a 17-game slate. Yeah, and Peyton Manning did that too. Everyone wrote Peyton Manning off, and he had two or three crazy fantasy seasons for the Broncos. So, yeah. Then finishing that round, Pudge got Corlin Sutton. Michael, Gus Edwards, I love Gus Edwards right there at the turn. Um, he's another guy that's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to have over 100 touches. That's a nice little RB2 plug-and-play some weeks. So going right into the next round, Pudge got Michael Carter. I'm, I don't have the screenshot for what Michael got, so leading me right in there to pick from Noah Fant, James Conner, Corey Davis, Brandon Cook, David Johnson. I really don't like any of those guys, and I, I like James Conner. I don't know if it's going to turn out. I don't know if he's going to be actual RB1 there, but I like him way over David Johnson. I didn't need any receivers. I didn't need another tight end, so I went ahead and got James Conner just for the upside right there. And, and If he pans out and is an RB2, that's awesome. If not, I mean, it's going to suck, but it, at this point, you're kind of the dart throws of who's going to be super elite kind of are, are upon us. So the theme that it looks like after eight rounds, you've pretty much got your core locked in. Now you identify a position group of that's your weakest and you load it up with numbers. Definitely. So, so I, I, that's why in you know, rounds nine, 10, 11, you're taking that fourth receiver, third or fourth running back. At, at this point, identify which position group of yours is the riskiest and load up on numbers. You got more, you know, more tries at the Hail Mary, more tries to get a startable guy. So James Conner there is your number five running back. Uh, I do like to move. And we're we're getting into the point where they're all risk guys. Yeah. But you want the guy with the big reward. Let's assume he's an RB1. Kenyon Drake two years ago was incredible in Arizona. Definitely. So, so I think that pick is nice. So my 10th pick, and this is the last one where we're going to break down who we saw. And then we're just going to go through the rest of our rosters briefly and talk about Michael and Addison who they took, what we think about it, and then how we would change if we were earlier. But for me, round 10, the only position I was missing was tight end. So I was looking around, and I came between Irv Smith and Noah Fant. Those are the two guys for me where if I'm waiting till rounds 9, 10, 11 for a tight end, I'm targeting both of them because Noah Fant is a talent, Irv Smith is the opportunity. So for me, I just, I've had Fant before. Maybe he's got a soft spot in my heart. But I go with Noah Fant, number 10. He's really athletic as a tight end. I just think that he's pretty safe to be startable. And at that point, that's all you can ask for. You miss the elites. You just want a guy you don't have to jumble every week. So I went with Noah Fant. That's it for our first 10 picks. So 
Let's rattle off a couple more picks of ours. After that, I went with Mike Williams, just kind of a wide receiver five or six. I think there's upside there. Who did you take for your next couple of picks? Uh, that Right after you, I took Will Fuller, which I really like right there. Tua has had some good camp hype. And Will Fuller's suspension is only two games because he served a little bit last season. So he's only going to miss two games. Potential wide receiver one in the 10th round. Waddle's hurt. Um, Devontae Parker is washed. Uh, I like that a lot. I mean, he could, you know, be a wide receiver three kind of value. But, again, I'm not paying heavy right there. No. And that's a lot of ceiling. That's a big ceiling, especially if two is actually taking a step, what they're kind of alluding to in, in uh, the camp pipe. That's a nice pick right there. And then you follow that up. You finish with Malcolm Brown and Deshaun Jackson. So so some more guys that have upside. Malcolm Brown is in Miami. Yeah. Do, do you? I mean – He's interesting because Gaskin was the guy last year, but it seems like Malcolm Brown might be the thumper and the goal line back. Yeah, that's the that's what's coming out right now. I kind of just picked him because I didn't really like my running backs per se. I I, I like Daryl Henderson, but I really wish I could have got somebody a little bit stronger right there to be my RB2. So I went ahead and got somebody with upside, which Malcolm Brown is supposedly stealing the backfield. Now again, if you watched my, my, uh, Miles Gaskin last year, he's really elite. He's kind of a a versatile running back is going to be hard to fully take him off the field, but if Malcolm Brown's getting goal lines, I could maybe have a plug-and-play RB2 week. I like that a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of rattle off my core lineup now, and let's say how we feel about him. In hindsight, how does it go? So at quarterback, I have Patrick Mahomes. I love that. Receiver, I'm pretty strong. I got Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, and Adam Thielen. At running back, this is where I, I took a risk for uh, foregoing it early. So I attacked it with numbers. I have Jonathan Taylor I feel fine about after that. Travis Etienne, Ronald Jones, and Javante Williams. I'm kind of just attacking it with numbers there. None of those guys are sure things, but I'm hoping one of them turns out. So I like, don't love my running backs. And then Noah Fan at tight end. And my first backup is going to be Debo Samuel after my running back. So the way I look at it, I'm strong at quarterback and receiver. Running back, I'm going to hold probably three extras. For the first four or five weeks until I know my RB2 is solid. So that's that's kind of my risk. When I took receivers early and took a quarterback in my homes, now I kind of have to attack the running back position with numbers. But overall, I like my team. I'm set in some strong areas. I'm pretty deep at receiver. I like my first round pick. For me, the name of the game for the first five weeks is just going to be the hawk and I looking for that running back. You know, if he's on the waiver wire, if he's on my roster, I'm keeping up really hard with the running backs, because I need to get my second guy locked in by week five or six. Yeah, and I like your roster a lot, but I also I find that problem when I do take one of those elite quarterbacks at the beginning. It's like, man, I like I like a Travis Etienne, but not, not after the injury, but, you know, hypothetically, like, man, I like him, but then i just not feeling as high as I should be, even though I draft three or four, you know, other ones. But I like that a lot because you, you, Patrick Mahomes is going to pay off. That's, so that's one that's going to pay off. Kyler Murray right there. That's a little iffy, and that's almost like guaranteed now, him going in the third, which is, I'm not about that. I really like to get the Aaron Rodgers, the Matt Staff, that 8, 9, 10 kind of deal. Um, Ryan Tannehill in the 10th, like that's that's what I'm about, just kind of stack up otherwise. So mine kind of shapes out like this. Quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh, wide receivers, I have Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Will Fuller, um, my core is obviously going to be T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. My running backs, Aaron Jones, Daryl Henderson. My tight end, T.J. Hawkinson. 
Um, I really like this team. I, wi- I really wish I got J.K. Dobbins with my fourth pick, um, but I really like D.K. Metcalf right there. I have two wide receiver ones, like solidified potential top five candidates. Um, so I really like my receiving core. Now, my other running backs, Raheem Mostert, James Conner, Malcolm Brown, those are, those are pretty boom-bust. Those are very boom-bust. But again, I have three of them. One of them, one of them's going to hit. I mean, if you don't have one of them that hits, I mean, that's just the, the luck of the draw. I'm, I'm sorry. But normally, if you, if you kind of follow the, the preseason, follow who's actually healthy, you know, one of them will hit. So, I just want to say, let's say that you were the inverse. You were picking two or three overall. Does your strategy change as far as position versus value? I mean, what were you looking for here, and what do you think you would look for if you were t- picking in the top three? So 8, 9, 7, 8, 9, 10, I'm really looking to stack up RBs. If, if let's say, Kelsey, Kelsey went in the second, let's say Kelsey goes in the second, and you have that 9, and you can get, man, like somehow Aaron Jones falls to you. Somebody reaches for Devontae Adams or something along those lines, and you can get Aaron Jones, uh, you know, like an Eckler right there. You're in a full PPR. Man, that is... That's what I'm aiming for is that RB stack because it's going to be a minute before you get that next pick. But early in the draft, I'm going to get a running back. you got to get one of the top five running backs. If you're 2-3, two, 1-2-3, three, two, three, I mean, what are you doing? You have to get a running back. Unless in you're, theory, it's a sure thing at RB1. As long as they don't get injured. Now, in recent years, you know, the top three guys, a lot of them got injured, so a lot of people have been pretty pissed. And really that 4-5 spot as the guy that's won the league. But... This year, I'm sure that's not going to happen. I'm not going to jinx anybody, knock on wood. But I really like to get that running back and then wide receiver because it's going to be so many picks before I get another one that it's just going to be – there aren't going to be wide receiver ones, so you're kind of kind of taking an L right there. But, again, if I'm at the beginning of the draft, I'm going to also probably be one of the first ones to take a quarterback off the draft just so I make sure I have a bunch of talent because that's – I really don't like taking at the front unless, you know, you're super conviction on, like, McCaffrey or something like that because they're going to have a great season. But, again, your other your other picks aren't going to be as stacked as you would if, you, if you're in the back of the draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So you pick one, and then you pick two, three pretty close together, and then there's a drought. So, yeah, it's important to get that first receiver. For me, the way this went, I would probably do it pretty similar and where I feel I got the running back locked up. It's kind of similar to what you said. At 7, 8, 9, 10, I would be more willing to go RB, RB than I would if I picked first or second or third because if I get McCaffrey, I figure that my RB1 spot is locked up. So then I'm attacking receiver and attacking other positions. Mine pretty much played out the same way. So I'm a value-driven guy, but after these first five rounds, if I pick at the end, I'm probably going to load up on the backs in round six and seven. If I'm picking early in the first round, I'm hoping to get another back at the turn and then maybe attack receivers in six and seven. So it just kind of matters who comes first. Do you get your two running backs or your two good wide receivers first? After that, attack the other one with numbers. Yeah, and, and specifically with this year's draft, I really like that that nine to, to 12 just to go after running back dart throws because those actual late round like wide receiver draft picks are pretty high upside even though they're dart throws. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, I took him in the 13th round, and he's going to be the third receiver at, uh, with Matt Stafford, and he's showing a little camp connection. So, I mean, that you could do worse than, you know, wide receiver three, Deshaun Jackson, as your, what, my fifth, 
four, uh, six receiver. I mean, there's good guys on there. Elijah Moore, uh, Callaway from the Saints. He just had that two-touchdown game. There's a lot of guys at that 13, 14, 15, 16 where those wide receivers you should be taking the running backs kind of kind of 9 through through 12 right there. That's true. Opinion. There's more dart throws, like we said last episode, in rounds 10 and later than running backs. For running backs, you're picking handcuffs. Yeah. Guys that have no path to value unless there's an injury. While there's some un, kind of unknown receivers, rookies and such, later. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like to have three or four running backs by round 10. Yeah. And then I'd rather dart throw at receiver than running back. And I say that because a lot of the, the rookie running backs and the, the potential you know people that could win a job are going a lot higher. Michael Carter... Um, all these guys are going a lot higher. They're not even like back in dart throws. There's very few. Trey Sermon is way high. He's not even going to be the starter, and he's like back in the seventh round. Javante Williams. I took, Williams. I took him in round eight, I mean, and I think he fell there. He could go earlier. Exactly. That's the thing. There's not really a lot of running backs, rookie or veteran, that you can dart throw at the end. So make sure you get those running backs kind of in that that before it's really the end of the draft era. Yeah, really, at the bare minimum, you want three in your first eight rounds. It's probably better to go four. Yeah. You kind of want four running backs, and then you don't have to worry about it and hit your other positions. If you, So we, we kind of – I think we agree on this. If you go quarterback or tight end early, you wait on the other one. So if I take a quarterback top five rounds, I'm waiting on tight end till after rounds you nine or to. ten. You have to. This running back and receiver get so thin late that you can't take both a QB and a tight end top eight rounds because you're sacrificing one crucial spot at either running back or receiver. So that's ours. One or the other high, sure, that's good. But then the other position, you better wait for it. Yeah, so that's about it. We're kind of rambling on some some draft strategy, which we're about to go back into this too after we chop this one up and go right into some draft talks and some short strategy, a, a real quick one. But uh, that's the fan bros. Before, before we go? Yeah, but, yeah before we go, rapid okay, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael and Addison's teams. Michael got Kyler Murray, Devontae Adams, Robbie Anderson, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Mike Davis, Claypool, Gus Edwards, Antonio Brown, Curtis Samuel, Samuel and Devonte Smith, quick hitter. What do you like? What would you wish to improve? Mm, I think I like Pudge's team. Uh, he's got a lot of upside. He's got Herbert as his QB, which I like a lot. As running back core is nice. Saquon, Chris Carson. You know, Allen Robinson's just so surefire as his wide receiver two. He's gonna be a wide receiver one, damn near. Especially if Justin Fields is there. I really like his team. Michael has a good team too. Uh, but again, DeAndre Swift. Has the camp has the camp strings? They're saying he might not even start the season. That kind of came out after this. Again, a lot of stuff came out Things after this. Things do which, change, so it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, but, lo- looking at Michaels, I would say the main offense was what we just said. He took Travis Kelsey first round, yeah, and Kyler Murray, I think fifth or sixth. Now fifth or sixth taking your second isn't a, a big no go, but therefore he sacrificed a little bit of sureness at running back and even his third wide receiver spot. So yeah. that's something I wouldn't suggest. Just looking at it. But other than that, he hit uh, running back with numbers. Devontae Adams and then some other talented guys at receivers. But for him, the real the real nice thing is going to be Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is such a game changer, a tight end. He's four or five points better than the next guy. Yeah, that, that's, that's a big win. It's very rare you have a league-winning tight end You know that can win you the weeks. But Kelsey can do that. As long as Tyreek doesn't have three, 
he'll have two. That's almost like surefire that he'll have two with at least 80 yards. So, yeah. So, looking at Pudge's team, yeah, we like Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson. That's a that's a really good core. Amari Cooper is his third. The, run, the man, running back is finicky for everybody. He got Saquon, high upside, and then Chris Carson, more of a floor play, who's a safe guy. So, I like the way he kind of mix and match those to where Carson's pretty safe. Saquon's riskier. After that, it's a little bit thin, though. He goes Miles Gaskin, who's a, who's a good player, and yeah. then waits all the way for rookie Michael Carter. Yeah. So the only thing looking at that I see is just running back is a devastating injury away from really shaking up the team. Yeah. I, did, that, I, did, I guess that's how it is, everyone. Yeah, I did not even go and check his bench out. Yeah, he's going to have to scavenge the, the waiver wire with that team to make sure he can get a get a nice running back in there. But, yeah, uh, as, long as, his, as long as his starters are there, he, I think he has the better team. Yeah, I, I would say so as well, just because of the depth at wide receiver as well as two pretty safe running backs. Hey, that's it for us this time. This is our mock draft special. We hope you enjoyed it. We're going to come at you tomorrow with our last-minute draft package, just kind of our thoughts leading up to the draft. Good luck, everybody. We are the Fan Bros.